Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Jared Bailey from Laces Out. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First off, it's free. You don't got to pay anything to use Anchor. And there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Well, Antonio Brown's a Buccaneer. Welcome to Laces Out. Jerry Bailey, Kurt Amos here with you. And uh, that's the perfect place to lead off the show, buddy. Um, you know, this is something that I wasn't expecting to happen. I didn't, I didn't think he was going to sign anywhere. I think it was just too big of a fly risk. So You would um, think. You would think teams yeah. would learn. You would think teams would learn by now after, you know, the whole debacle with the Steelers and then possibly the Bills and then the Raiders. And it just has not worked in his career in the past – it's only been a year since all this has kind of really happened, which is kind of crazy to think about yeah. all this drama with him. But I don't know. Um, I, I just wonder how many more washed-up stars the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to bring in because they bring in Rob Gronkowski. They bring in LaShawn McCoy. They bring in Leonard Fournette, who's maybe not washed up yet. He's still young. But how many guys are they going to bring in for weapons for Tom Brady – before they realize that that's not really the problem with their team. That's not why they're losing these games. So, I mean, they can keep stacking it however they want, but they might have some guys complaining because they're not getting the ball enough because there's and so I was many just, weapons. I was just about to say that there's already how many mouths to feed in this offense. Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are going to want their touches still. Mm-hmm. I know that Godwin's been dealing with an injury, but it, that's not going to last forever. I think he's, he's expected to be back this week, I I'm pretty so, sure. Yeah. Yep. So, already you've got Mike Evans, who I think he only had two catches last game. Yes, he's so, been, he has not been reliable in fantasy for me this year. No, yeah, exactly. I mean, he hasn't exactly been the biggest factor this year, was, which was kind of unexpected. Um, Godwin's been dealing with an injury. You know, you've had guys that they've had to turn to in light of that, you know, like Tyler Johnson, like Scotty Miller. But even the tight end room, Gronk has been a storyline because he hasn't gotten nearly the amount of touches that people expect. Well, most people expected. I said he was going to be a non-factor. I want you to look at that. Mm-hmm. Um, but with Brait and uh, I believe O.J. Howard gone for the year, which is unfortunate for them. Yep. But And then in the backfield, Ronald Jones, Leonard Fournette already. Uh, there's a lot of guys that they're – I just think it's too many mouths to feed. And, As do I. And I, I think – I mean, their defense has been playing well this year. I'll give them that. But very good. their secondary is not – you know, I don't think their secondary is living up to what their defensive line, what their front seven is doing. And if they're going to spend money anywhere, I think, you know, either you go out and find somebody in a trade, you find somebody in free agency for that secondary. You don't, you don't need more offensive weapons. Yeah, their front seven's been very good. And then Carlton Davis, at quarterback, he's been very good. 
So, you know, those he's really been the shining star in their secondary. Um, you know, whether they want to, you know, find somebody else for that along the way, that's, you know, yet to be seen. But, no, I think that, you know, when you look at what they already have, I just felt it as unnecessary. We already heard Bruce Arians say before he had no interest in bringing in Antonio mm-hmm. Brown. So that's, that's the Tom Brady effect right there. Yeah, I mean, I guess so. But, I mean, what's this do – to me, this doesn't really change a whole hell of a lot. I didn't think they were going to win the Super Bowl to begin with. Um, I don't – you know, signing a receiver who's now above 30, who hasn't played in a year and a half, at, I'm not going to yeah. – I'm not going to, you know, raise any stock on them with that. But obviously it's going to make headlines, and, you know, we can not talk about it, especially when it's the biggest story of the day. So, <laughs> Cam, um, breaking news a couple – maybe an hour ago before we started recording. So yeah. what, what timing on our part? So that's – that's why we're professionals in the game, not really, but because um, they had so they had some professionals. Yes, exactly. They they had some questions though going into this game because they're playing yeah. the Raiders. Raiders' entire offensive line on COVID protocol watch, and it's, I mean they're playing right now, but this could get ugly if uh, if the Las Vegas Raiders are missing their entire offensive line. Yeah, Derek Carr is going to get sacked 37 times on Sunday, <laughs> so we'll see what happens there. Why did they flex that game to 405? I, I don't understand. I don't, the I don't understand that. that. I mean, yeah, I would much rather watch a, a Seahawks Cardinals game than I would a, a Tampa Bay Las Vegas game, but yeah. I don't really know the reasoning behind that, but I'm not going to complain. This is the third time that the, that the Seahawks are playing on Sunday Night Football in seven weeks. <laughs> That's right. So, they're, they're an exciting team to watch. I'm not going to complain with that. I'm sure their fans aren't too unhappy about it because, I mean, being on the West Coast, that's yeah. like four o'clock for them. Right. So I'm sure they're not too unhappy about it, but. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. We'll see what the ramifications are for Tampa Bay and Las Vegas. Um, definitely not good for Derek Carr. This whole O line, you know, is going to be going in pretty much non-practicing the past few days. So, mm-hmm. I mean, we'll see what happens. But um, you know, we did have another pretty big trade in the NFL. Yannick Ngakwe, you know, fresh off of signing with or getting <laughs> traded from Jacksonville to Minnesota, gets traded from uh, Minnesota to the Baltimore Ravens, and now they've got. Uh, two former Jaguars on that defensive line as they uh, brought in Calais Campbell and now Yannick Ngakwe on that defensive line. This is, a, this is one of those trades that didn't really surprise me. I mean, Baltimore has been so active when it comes to getting really key defensive guys for little to nothing. I mean, they got Marcus Peters for a fifth. They got Calais Campbell for a fifth down the line and then I think a third. Mm-hmm. And then they get Yannick Ngakwe for a future pick as well. So, you know, they've really been uh, – coming in very clutch and giving up little to nothing at all for, for these guys who are going to be impact players on their defense. And, you know, in a division where Pittsburgh's looked more impressive than them, than them, I would say throughout the season. um, Yeah. It's a move that makes sense. So uh, unique to, to Baltimore. What do you think of that pal? I don't know. It it was, it makes sense to an extent. You know, I, I think Baltimore, it's kind of what we were just saying with Tampa Bay. They don't necessarily need more help on that defense because that defense is great. It's the, the offense that's given them some troubles. It's Lamar Jackson not quite living up to his MVP status from last year. It's not having great weapons on the outside, except for now they signed Des Bryant to their practice squad too. We didn't talk about that. Uh, Des Bryant might be headed back to the NFL. He's on the Ravens practice squad now. But, um, no, I, I think, you know, this is a good move for Baltimore. It's going to make their defense even better than what they were already at. I would have absolutely loved my bills to get into that trade and find myself a nice Yannick and Gakwe for our line. But uh, if, 
you know, the trade deadline's still a couple weeks ago. Uh, is it a couple weeks? I don't know. November 3rd. I think, yeah, it's going to say it's after I think it's, I think it's November eight. 3rd. So, you know, Baltimore still got a, a little bit of time here to maybe make a move. Maybe, you know, if they want to send it all in and make a move for a Julio Jones, I, I wouldn't blame them because that's kind of the missing piece that they need. First of all, I'm going to tell you what I told Matt Verderam. Stop giving Baltimore any ideas to try to get Julio, <laughs> even though – and our other buddy, Benjamin Albright, he tweeted about this. Look, Julio Jones and Matt Ryan will both be a lot of money in dead cap for Atlanta. Yes. They already yes. have very minuscule cap space. I would be extremely shocked if they were to pull the trigger on a trade just because the ramifications for them financially that would come from that. So that's Yeah, they're, they're kind of stuck in like a, a weird kind of – purgatory sort of thing they can't really rebuild because they have so many big contracts but they're not good enough to say we'll we'll make a few trades here and make a little run so exactly i don't know what their defense is well their defense i mean you can poke holes in just about every spot there Mm -hmm. the defensive line's okay i mean grady jarrett's pretty solid but um you know you look at the rest of the line in the middle i think it's tyler tyler williams i think is his name i could be getting that wrong off the top of my head but I mean, that's not really the best sidekick for, for Grady Jarrett to have there. Tack McKinley, they drafted him a few years ago. He's been okay, not great. So, secondary-wise, they're very young. You know, they're starting Terrell and Isaiah Oliver at corner. And then second, I mean, the safety, you know, Ricardo Allen and Keanu Neal. Keanu Neal's getting up there in years. He's far – he's on the back nine of his career, definitely. And Ricardo mm-hmm. Allen isn't exactly anything great home about. So, you know, Atlanta, I mean, I feel like they're kind of trapped. You know, we'll see what they do at head coach. I mean, they could. Atlanta could go out and try to maybe hire, you know, a Todd Bowles from Tampa Bay to try to fix their defense. I mean, we've seen he's done with the Buccaneers defense this year. They've been very good. Mm-hmm. They could even stick with Raheem Morris, you know, another former Tampa guy used to be the Buccaneers head coach. So, you know, there's a, there's a lot of options for them out there. Uh, it's just they are very much tied to Matt. And it's not that Matt Ryan or Julio Jones is a bad thing to be tied to him. They're both are very good. But right. Just in the, in the position that they're in, it's it's a bad position to be yeah, in. So a very bad one. I, I don't know what they're going to do. Uh, I mean, if you're not going to move Julio, if you're not going to move Matt Ryan, you need to move some of those pieces. You need to get some draft capital in there and start start a little mini rebuild if they don't want to do a full rebuild. Um, so it, it could get ugly for, for Falcons fans after that, that Super Bowl run that they had. And it's uh, equally as ugly in the NFC East, my friend. We had a Thursday night game. Week seven already kicked off. It was kind of ugly, but shout out to our, our friend of the show, Boston Scott. Game-winning touchdown for the Philadelphia Eagles. A beautiful throw by Carson Wentz. A beautiful catch by Boston. Eagles, you know, they, they're, they're moving along, but that, that division is uglier as, than ever. Yeah, I mean, it's sad to say that, once again, one of those teams will be hosting a playoff game this year. <laughs> and uh, Philadelphia now has sole possession of first place. And, you know, the 2-4-1 and one record gives them a better winning percentage than Dallas. So, look, mate, it's – you know, I love Carson Wentz. There were so many times last night. First of all, the interception to James Bradbury, what in God's name was he thinking on that throw? I don't but know. There was another throw that was somehow complete, but he ran to his left, back to his right, threw it across his body, <laughs> up in the air for a long time. He is making – I kind of want to compare him to the similar comp that we give to Josh Allen where it's, you know, a young Ben Roethlisberger where he's just running around trying to make things happen where there just isn't a play to be made mm-hmm. and he ends up giving it to the other team and you're just like, Carson, what the hell are you <laughs> doing, mate? So, you know, it's – you know, they had to come from behind to beat the Giants and that's not exactly a feat. But, you know, they're 2-4-1 now. Um, yeah. Daniel Another injury, Jones, though. 
Another injury. Another. Deshaun Jackson needs Deshaun Jackson needs to retire. He should. But, he should. I mean, I I thought maybe he would have a little juice left to help out this this depleted team this year, but no, he goes. He down himself is depleted spring. at this point. Yeah, it's they're they're out Miles Sanders, they're out Zach Ertz, now they're out, you know, uh, Jackson, they're out Elshon Jeffrey, their their whole team, their their entire starting offense besides maybe you know three guys, Carson Wentz included, have been. Wayne Johnson hurt. also went down last night with the yes. MCL sprain, so he's not expecting to miss significant time. But still, I mean, they're already dealing with injuries on the offensive line. Brandon Brooks got hurt. You had to bring back Jason Peters and move him to guard. De, um, was it Demar Dotson, the other yep. tackle? Uh, mm-hmm. He got hurt. So it's um, ugly. It's ugly. Yeah, going it's on in it's very very ugly in Philadelphia. So it's just a, a second straight year where they have just been killed mm-hmm. with the injury bug. So and we, I mean, we've seen that across the league this year is just injuries, injuries, injuries everywhere. But seems like Philly's getting hit extra hard, and I feel bad for them because they, they would be an exciting team to watch. So, I don't know. I mean, they just barely squeaked by the Giants. Um, I don't know. What do we say about the Giants? They, they made a move. They did. They made a, they made a trade. I'm not sure if you saw that. Marcus Golden, yeah, they did linebacker Golden. for a six-round pick to Arizona. I really thought, you know, they could maybe get a little bit more for him than a six-rounder, but – I do have one correction. It was Andre Diller, not DeMar Dotson. DeMar Dotson, does ah, he play yes, for, doesn't yes. he play for your Bills? Am I, am I wrong No, about that? you're thinking of Tyrell Dotson. Tyrell Dotson, yeah. <laughs> Who does DeMar Dotson play for? That's going to bother me now. Anyway, yes, know. Andre Diller, not DeMar Dotson. My, <laughs> my apologies on that the is, wrong name. That so is, DeMar Dotson, he – I mean, I did it again. Andre <laughs> Dillard is on IR for the there you Eagles. Go. Now, now just stop talking before you make another <laughs> mistake. But anyway, we're talking about the Giants here making a move. I would not – be surprised if they make a few more moves they 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 move on from their linebacker they got a few more guys that are well you think they're gonna go on a run no hell no no oh. i'm saying that maybe your bills make a move for evan ingram for who oh evan, evan ingram. ingram yes yes yeah. absolutely i would love that i would love that i think that would be a great move for them he's you know athletic he he does deal with the drops a little bit which kind of would 21 make, drops already in his career, brother. And that would make me nervous because, you know, we have Dawson Knox that has a lot of drops himself. So, I don't know. But just adding him in, I think he needs a new fresh start. He It, it hasn't quite worked out for him with the Giants. So, I don't know. But another guy I really, really would love the Bills to maybe take a look at is Delvin Tomlinson, D-tackle. I think he'd be great on that defensive line, just take up space, be a big body that can stuff the run, which they desperately need. And, you know, I mean – I wouldn't be surprised if they make a few more moves. They're just, you know, they're, they have a lot of assets on that team that, that could get shipped out. I mean, another guy that, yeah, since we're, you know, we can stick with the Bills talk, that if they wanted to make a move at tight end, I think Jesse James would be a solid move to make um, out of uh, Detroit. Mm-hmm. Um, you, know, they are, you know, obviously TJ Hawkinson is their number one. Uh, Jesse James has kind of taken, you know, a smaller role since coming over to Detroit last year from Pittsburgh. But, no, I think, you know, he's, he showed in a Steeler uniform he has the capability of being a starting tight end. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and he actually said last year was his hardest year as a pro in Detroit. So, I wouldn't be surprised at all if he would maybe want to go get a fresh start somewhere. He would be the unquestioned number one in Buffalo. He's yeah. got good hands. He's How tall is Jesse James? I think he's six seven, six eight. He's six seven, so he's ginormous. He's a big boy. Um, That's a big yeah, boy. Yeah, so he can go up and get those jump balls. Um, and I think he would be a very solid addition to a Bills offense that very badly needs – at least a go-to guy. He, Jesse James isn't, right. you know, phenomenal, but, I mean, he's yeah. good enough to be their starter. He's better than Dawson Knox and Tyler Croft. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I think and that I, would be I, a solid move as well. I think that what we've been seeing so far in the league right now is just 
the fact that there's a lot of moves being made and there's a lot of teams getting active with a bunch of teams that are, you know, already not tanking, but going, going down the hill right now. So mm-hmm. I think it might be a pretty active deadline, which is going to be exciting for guys like us. Cause it gives us something to talk about. So yeah, it does. And then, uh, I mean, we're sticking with tight ends. Austin Hooper is going to be out this week mm-hmm. in Cleveland. That means David Njoku is going to be uh, the starter. He's, he's been centered around trade rumors all season long, both times coming out and saying, <laughs> you know, the first time after he requested a trade, you know, they kind of talked to Mindy. All right. Hey, you know, I'm here. And then another rumor comes out that he requested a trade. It was like last week. And then he tweets yeah. out that he never requested a trade. So, I mean, <laughs> he's been, he's been very, very centered around a lot of trade rumors. So uh, we'll see what happens with him, especially after this game. If he has a big game, I wouldn't be surprised if Cleveland, you know, yeah. his, his uh, trade, uh, stock is up a little bit and they make a move while he's hot. So yeah, you know, we'll see definitely. what happens there. But, you know, there's a lot of guys that could get moved. You know, Matt Verderam had brought on had brought up the last time he was on JJ Watt, uh, or Whitney Merciless potentially being moved out of Houston because God knows they need draft capital. They don't have really anything the next right. two years after those you know, are those are some Miami. big money contracts though if you're talking about moving one of those guys. That's oh yeah, I know. That's the only thing is you're not gonna get a first round pick. You Probably won't even get a second, I don't think, with those contracts. And with their age, too, you know, maybe maybe Merciless. I don't think you get a second-round pick for J.J. Watt, though. I really don't. No, I mean, at this point, a guy who's dealt with so many injuries yeah. and just consistently seems to be hurt, definitely in the back nine of his career, not exactly the same player that he used to be. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, for a contender who needs help in the pass rush, um, let's go down the list right now. You know, I'm trying to think of teams that would maybe need help who are in the fight for a playoff spot right now. Um, who the kind of lack. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if Buffalo were to make that move, I don't know what they would have to really move. You would know that better than I, but. Yeah, um, I mean, because they, they got, that's the thing, too, is they spent, they have spent so much money on that defensive line this offseason, and it just hasn't paid off. They paid a lot of guys that were, you know, under the radar sort of guys, a guy like Mario Addison or, or uh, a Vernon Butler, but it hasn't quite paid off, and they have a lot of money tied up there, so that's the only way that, you know, they could get in some trouble, but. I don't know. I, Seattle needs Dallas? defensive help. Dallas, yeah. I mean, that division's wide open. Any of those NFC East teams could and get in. God that. knows that Demarcus Lawrence and Everson Griffin haven't been any sort of factors this right. season. So they can get all the help that they need off the edge because their lack of pressure is leading to their very not good mm-hmm. secondary being eaten up by every team that they play. Yeah. San Francisco, I think, could be in play for that. I mean, they lost Joey Bosa or Nick right. Bosa. I'm just getting every name wrong that you're I just, can today. You're on a yeah, roll tonight. I know. I'm two for two so far. So. <laughs> Yeah, I think San Francisco could very much be in play for a J.J. Watt without Nick Bosa. They need somebody off the edge because his his absence is very noticeable. So, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a there's a few teams that there's definitely a market for it. Um, you know, they're not going to trade them within the division, so don't expect him to go to Indianapolis or Tennessee. Yeah. But, you know, there's definitely teams that he has a market for in terms of going there. New England, if the cap, if the money's right. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, there's a few teams out there that could definitely make the move, make it, you know, a one maximum two year commitment where they can try to, you know, gas out as much as they can of what's remaining in his, you know, superstar ability. So, you know, there's definitely a market for it. It's just a matter of when and where, or if really, I mean, I don't know what Houston really plans on doing, but they need draft capital and they need it now. That would be, that would be a strange sight seeing uh, JJ Watt in a different Jersey. But uh, before we move on to, I want to have a little, little debate here with you next, but, before okay. we move on to that, I really want to talk about um, Danny Dimes last night and his run. Okay, <laughs> we can do that. I don't know if you saw, but some guy 
put a $500 bet that Daniel Jones would score the third touchdown of the game. And if he did not trip on that 80-yard run, he would have hit on a $14,000 bet. And he tripped, up, he tripped up, and this guy was yards away from winning fourteen grand from a wild bet that had, I don't even know the odds, but uh, that poor guy. I, I would have driven my car into the light pole. <laughs> that would have made me quite sad. But, yeah. but really, I mean, I don't know how it happened. I guess, you know, the adrenaline's going, you're sprinting down the field, you're winded, but that was just an ugly fall by Daniel Jones. It was funny, though. Okay, I it saw was. the check down tweet that, his max speed was like six tenths of yeah. a mile per hour from being next to Tyreek Hill. I'm going to call a ton of BS on that. I, I don't, I don't believe that, but I did see that he's like top five in the league for like max speed so far in games. I don't know. I'm not believing that for a there, second <laughs> because I saw Demarcus Robinson. I think it was Demarcus Robinson who had the ball and Tyreek Hill came from 30 yards behind him and beat him to the end. <laughs> and like it was nothing. It is totally unfathomable that Daniel Jones reached anywhere near that speed. They're, in my mind, hey, they're, they're just trying to make him feel better. That's all it is. He had the, I mean, I guess so. At least they scored on that drive. If they didn't score on that and he would have tripped up and they would have, uh, I mean, they still lost, but still, I mean, at least they scored on it. I mean, Daniel Jones had – here's the thing with him. I mean, he hasn't played terrible. Mm-hmm. I mean, last night, 20-30, 187, two touchdowns and a pick. So, I mean, nothing that will yeah. blow you out of the water. But, you know, it's – they need to get, I think, another offensive line piece. Obviously, having, you know, no Saquon Barkley hurts them. Yeah. But, I mean, Evan Ingram's dropping everything. Sterling Shepard's been gone for the majority of the year. It, you know, Golden Tate's center around trade rumors, but I mean, he's not exactly a go-to number one, is he? So, I, I think that Daniel Jones is fine. It's just the fact that, you know, Will Hernandez is good. Andrew Thomas has been okay. He hasn't been anything that they thought he would be mm-hmm. drafting him fourth overall. I think if they can get Penny Sewell from Oregon in the draft, I get that that's far away, but we can kind of start projecting where they're going to be. Yeah. If they can get two tackles and Will Hernandez at guard, I think that gives them at least a solid foundation of an offensive line to build around and give him some more protection, but he's got to stop fumbling the ball as well. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I don't know. I mean, Giants are a few years away. They're, they've been rebuilding. Hasn't I feel been... like we've been saying the Giants are a few years away yeah. for like 10 years. Now, I, that, that's like... what I'm saying. They're, they're taking a lot longer than expected and they don't really have, you know, a core. They don't have, they're not a team like, like the Washington football team. They don't have, you know, those, those young defensive studs on the line and a young quarterback, whether they want to keep him or not, and some nice pieces on offense. They're not like Washington. They're just kind of stuck. And they don't really – they don't really have – I can't see where they're going with this team. No, I mean, I would much rather be the Washington football team right now than the New York Giants. Yep. I mean, you know, Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio have definitely come in and just changed – have really worked on changing the culture in that organization. You know, obviously mm-hmm. we love Ron Rivera. Um, so, you know – defensively they're very stout Kendall Fuller's been really good this year um mm-hmm. their front four are very good all former first round picks we've talked about that before on this show so they're going in the right direction they just need their problem is you know somewhat similar to the Giants it's just the fact that they have a much better defense than the Giants do mm-hmm. um but they just need pieces on offense they need to one they need to figure out their you know, their quarterback situation, if they want to keep Dwayne Haskins, what they want to do there. So obviously that's never a situation you want to be in, but Mm -hmm. you know, if they were to make a, you know, decide that, you know, Haskins isn't the guy that Ron Rivera wants and they move him, then they could try to get Trey Lance. They could try to get Justin Fields in the draft. Mm -hmm. Um, I think if they get, if they get Trey Lance, I think they're in a very good spot because he, he just brings something that 
kind of Lamar Jackson asking. I wrote about this in my PFN column. You know, he's Lamar Jackson asked, but he's got a better arm. I mean, he's he's accurate with the ball. Last season, 28 touchdowns, no interceptions on the year. Well, how the hell do you <laughs> not throw any interceptions? And then he had uh, a really good season on the ground as well. So, I mean, if they can get him, get Trey Lance, and, you know, they got Antonio Gibson, they've got, you know, J.D. McKissick, they've got a solid core of running backs. I'd like to see them get someone better than that. But, I mean, yeah. we could get shades of Alfred Morris, RG3, if they get Trey Lance and, you know, a better running back. And they're they're close. Like 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 I said, they're close. They're a closer team, and especially in that division, they're close. I mean, Washington yeah. can add two more nice pieces this trade deadline and go on a run and win the division. That would be something wild too. But I don't know. They're close. They they are, and uh, that that's a good segue here to to move into our our little debate here for. Sure. I want to ask you who you think uh, is leading the way right now for Offensive Rookie of the Year. I, I won't let you pick from anybody. I'm only going to narrow it down to two. We're going to do the young Joe Burrow from Cincinnati. And in the right corner, Justin Herbert from the Chargers. Um, I don't know. It's, it is a tough decision to make. Um, but I'll let you take the first pick here. I'm going to say this. I think that Justin Herbert would probably win it, but Joe Burrow's been more impressive. And by that, I mean Justin Herbert has a better offensive line, better weapons, mm-hmm. and a good defense. Joe Burrow gets hit a 1,000 times a game. He's not going to have Joe Mixon this weekend. A.J. Green seems pretty much checked out. He's really been relying on T. Higgins a lot, which I'm sure he's very glad that they drafted him. But he's got nowhere near the help that Justin Herbert does. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, Herbert's been really good, though. I'm not taking anything away from him. I mean, he came in against Kansas City on a 10 minutes notice he's completed <laughs> about 69 percent of his passes nice uh almost 1200 yards he's averaging over 300 yards a game so he's playing really well nine touchdowns three picks uh, i like herbert a lot i think that him and burrow are both going to be very very good mm-hmm. um i said that herbert was going to be better than Tua coming out of this draft so you know time will tell because we get to see Tua pretty soon here and we get to see Tua versus justin herbert and joe burrow this season so i'm very excited about <laughs> that but i mean like i said I think that what Joe Burrow's done has been more impressive, you know, because he's – I'm scared for Joe Burrow, first of all. If they don't get him an offensive line, like, soon, he's going he's gonna to crumble. I don't want to see another Andrew Luck story where we see somebody with so much potential and so much right. promise gone uh, bef- way before they should be mm-hmm. because he's, he's, he's incredible. I mean, Joe Burrow in this offense, he's completing 65% of his passes. Six touchdowns, four picks isn't going to blow you out of the water. In terms of in terms of passing, but he's got you know an additional two touchdowns on the ground, um, so him being able to average you know what he's done, he's averaging 284 yards a game as well. So uh, they don't have horrible weapons. I mean, Tyler Boyd I think is one of the more underrated guys in the league. He had a really really good year last year in the absence of AJ Green. Um, so I mean, you get Tyler Boyd, you've got T Higgins, Joe Mixon I think is also very underappreciated. Um, they just need an offensive line to protect him and give them time to distribute to all these guys because they're solid offensively. It's just offensive line's bad. Defense needs a few more pieces. But, no, I think both of them are going to be very good. But, obviously, right now, if I had to pick offensive rookie of the year, it would more than likely be Justin Herbert. You, you kind of stole my thunder there because I'm – you made an argument for both our guys. And I would say Joe Burrow would win it right now if they were handing out awards. Mm-hmm. Um, just, I mean, pretty much what you said, he's, what he's done with what he has is very impressive. I'm not taking anything away from Justin Herbert. I've loved watching him play. I've loved what he's done so far, but just the fact that, you know, what was it week two or something Thursday night football against the Browns? I mean, 
they're coming out the underdogs, new new kid on the block, new kid in the division against the the most hyped up team in the NFL against the Cleveland Browns on prime time, and he almost comes out and he wins that game with pretty much no help. The like you said, that offensive line lets the defenders in and just do whatever they want to their quarterback. And I feel so bad for this guy, mm-hmm. but you know, he he needs a little more help. But what he's done is very impressive. And I, I think right now, if you were to end the season and give the awards out, I think it would go to Joe Burrow. He's just looks so poised already. He looks like he's been in the league for eight years already. And it's, mm-hmm. it's impressive. And I mean, I'm sure Bengals fans are very excited, but I'm very excited to see where this guy can take the team within the next 10 years, because we could see that, that Herbert and Burrow kind of, you know, competition if those, if these two guys can really keep it going down in the, the future of the game. And that that's exciting to think about because we've seen these guys come in, in their draft classes. We see Mahomes and Watson. We see, you know, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Baker Mayfield, all these guys coming in and it's kind of a battle, but it's fun to, it's fun to talk about and watch go down. And that could be the, the case with these guys. And then we never know what we're going to see with Tua coming in two weeks here. Yeah, I mean, we just look at the AFC, all the young quarterbacks. We've got Tua, we've got Joe Burrow, um, Lamar Jackson. Um, if Baker Mayfield's still there, we kind of don't know about Baker Mayfield. I don't think he's really any good. Sean Watson. Um, and then we looked at uh, the AFC you're West. Just, you're got, just going to leave Josh Allen out of that? I'm not done. <laughs> <laughs> Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, and obviously – old Joshy Allen over in Buffalo. So, I mean, we've got the – I mean, first of all, we'll get Justin Herbert against Patrick Mahomes twice a year. We'll be able to get Deshaun Watson Mm -hmm. um, as well. So, I mean, each division, I mean, we've got at least two guys that – well, I guess, except the AFC South. I mean, I think Deshaun Watson's head and shoulders above everybody in the AFC South. Yeah. But in terms of young quarterbacks, we're going to get to see for years to come. We're going to get Josh Allen against Tua Tungabailoa twice a year. We're going to get Joe Burrow and Lamar Jackson twice a year. We're going to get Herbert and Mahomes twice a year. And then Deshaun Watson, whoever the hell they play in the <laughs> AFC throughout the year, that's who we'll get. I mean, Sam Darnold, you can't forget about him. If he's going to be a Jet next year, if he'll be in the NFC, wherever the hell he'll be. But Trevor Lawrence know, coming in too. And let's, that's a solid segue because I, I feel so bad for Sam Darnold right now because so his presser and his, and his presser, I think it was today actually, everybody just keeps asking him about, hey, have you heard, have you been listening to these rumors? And he's like, guys, I just want to play Sunday. Like, I know. I can't focus on that. And they just keep hammering him. And I, I just hope he gets out, mate. Like, at this I point, mm-hmm. I, I think the Jets would be stupid to let him go, but I hope he does because they are ruining him. And, look, there's a difference between teams who have bad years and just horrible, dysfunctional organizations who are just consistently terrible. And I think that's where we can put the Jets. And our buddy Antoine Stanley, you know, I said that on Twitter. He's like, how is that any different from Washington? Well, Washington always has, you know, a guy in Ron Rivera who they can trust going forward as a guy who's going to completely shift that culture. They got rid of everybody in that front office and kind of started anew. I get that Daniel Snyder's still not the best owner, and apparently he's <laughs> never going to leave. But I would definitely rather be in Washington than a New York Jet. And the at Steve, least the Steve McClendon trade as well. I was just going to say that. Yeah, at, go ahead. At least Washington, you know, if they trade a player, they don't play him right away, and they yes. give him the courtesy to get ready to leave. For anybody that didn't see it. The New York Jets traded Steve McClendon before their game last week. Who did they play? Uh, Miami. They played Miami. Miami. They played. They traded him before the game against Miami. Made him play that game, risking an injury that could have, you know, denied the trade. Whatever. I mean, anything. They they made him play 
where he wasn't even technically on the roster anymore. And that just blows my mind. I've never heard anything like that happen. Um, to make an NBA reference, Kyle Korver was traded from the Hawks to – was it Utah that he got traded to as he was on the floor warming up with the Hawks, and he got the news as he was warming up. Mm, so that's I the only – Okay. That's the only similar, the only parallel I can really draw from that. But no, the Jets are a dumpster fire. And if if ownership knew, if, if Woody Johnson and company knew what they were doing, they would they, they just need to start anew because Joe Douglas has been bad already. I thought he would be good. You know, he was in the Eagles front office when they won the Super Bowl. The whole Le'Veon Bell situation, the whole situation with Jamal Adams, Sam Darnold. Now, I mean, they're ruining everybody. They ruin everything they touch. So, I mean, I guess every league needs a punching bag, but there's no reason why with the talent they had last year, being able to go seven and nine, Sam Darnold went seven and six with that roster. Somehow they got worse. Yeah. We didn't think they could get any worse, and they somehow <laughs> did. It's just they got no weapons offensively. They've got no one worth a damn on defense other than Quentin Williams. It's, it's a mess and there. And they're thinking about even trading Quentin Williams. Or they just Yeah, why him. not? Let's just draft everybody who ends up being good for us and then say, to hell with that. Let's get rid of them and keep rebuilding, quote-unquote. We'll get it for draft picks and then draft whoever there and keep trading them and just keep getting more draft picks that we don't use because we keep trading them away. So I love it. No. Keep yeah, it going. I mean, oh, yeah, I know that you <laughs> love it. Believe me, I don't blame you for loving it as a Bills fan. But, no, I, if I'm Trevor Lawrence, I'm pulling an Eli Manning and saying, I don't give a damn if they're the number one pick. I'm not going there. I'd, not I wouldn't not in a million years. No, oh, I no. Mean, why you're the hottest player in college football? You're the number one overall draft pick. Why are you going to a place that you know is going to ruin your future? Absolutely ruin it. Yeah. There's no right now unless they make dramatic changes by this time next year, his career would already be over before he even puts on a jersey. And and every other profession, you know, people have options in terms of you know, where they want to work, where they want to go. If one company's giving them a certain offer, they can go get a counter offer from a different company. These guys going into the draft, I mean, albeit I get that it's not the same thing, they really have no leverage unless they do that. And if yeah. you're a Trevor Lawrence, you've got some leverage because you're the highest rated prospect since Andrew Luck. Dude, use that. Use any amount of leverage that you can get. Mm -hmm. Say, I'm not playing for the Jets. They can either trade the pick or select somebody else because i'm not going there yeah. and i don't care if they draft me or not i won't play so now if if i'm trevor lawrence no way in hell do i go to the jets because they'll ruin them and you know wherever else he does go and somebody else said okay like jacksonville's any better well jacksonville did have problems in their front office and it was called tom coughlin and they fired him so mm -hmm. you know they're gonna have a new coach next year they'll have you know a whole new staff coming in <laughs> If they draft Trevor Lawrence, all the rumors about Dabu Sweeney would start and him coming to Jacksonville. So, no, anywhere is better than the Jets right now. The CFL is better than the Jets right now. So, I'm, yeah, honestly. I'm not – I would not go anywhere near the New York Jets if I'm Trevor Lawrence. And I'm going to make that known right now uh, just so, to get – So, if they draft you, if, you're, if they're thinking about drafting you, you're going to say no? Well, I'm not, you know, a five-star quarterback who is setting the world on fire, am I, Kurt? I'm a struggling college student. So, yeah, if for some reason the New York Jets wanted a 5'8", 138 white guy. Hey, you never know. You never know what the way their front offices run. They might. I mean, if they give me a call, I'll go out there and give it my all. But I'm going to say the chances are slim to none that I get a call from the New York Jets anytime soon. Can you play cornerback? Um, I do in our intramural flag football. Okay, because the Bills might need you this weekend because ah, they, yes. they are – completely depleted. Levi Wallace, the number two corner on IR. 
Josh Norman out this week because his hamstring is back up, and I guarantee this is his last year playing football. Tredavious White, <laughs> questionable to play this weekend. Um, who else? Cam Lewis is wearing a club on his arm. That's four starting quarterback corner. Sorry, four starting cornerbacks for the Buffalo Bills that are maybe going to be out this week. Tredavious White might play, but if he plays, the Bills are going to have a seventh round pick as their number two corner. And they're playing the Jets, which, you know, any other week I would be a little more concerned. But I'm not going to lie, saying I'm a little concerned going into this game with the secondary that the Bills are going to be putting out there. I'm very tempted to bet the Jets plus 12. I really want to do it. I want to See, do it so this bad. This is the thing, too. I think, I think Josh Allen and the offense are just going to, you know, put 40 points up on the Jets defense. I just don't know how many points the Jets are going to put up because Jamison Crowder ate the last time he played the Bills. He had a nice, like, 80-yard touchdown on them. Sam Darnold's coming back. He's a little banged up. That offensive line is missing a lot of pieces, though. So, I mean, I the Bills are going to win this game. I don't – if oh, oh, if they lose, we're not doing the podcast for a week because we're trying. <laughs> but I, I think the Bills win. It might be a little closer than what people think. But I think just, just cross your fingers, say a prayer before bed that, that Tredavious White is good to go this weekend. Please. Yeah, I mean, that for Bills fans, I'm sure that they're hoping Trey White plays. But, um, yeah. Because Matt Milano was out again, too. So And John Brown is out. So Yeah, I did see John Brown was out. I didn't know Matt Milano. What does Matt Milano have? He hasn't played in like a month. He's got a, a – well, he, he had – I believe it was something with his leg before, and then he came back and he hurt his pec. Something with like a, a – I don't, I don't think it was a tear, but something serious that's been bugging him for a long time, and it's – it's definitely shown how important he is for that defense because they have looked very weak. Yeah, so, yeah, I've never been more tempted to bet the Jets in my life. So, Do you I'm, really have uh, faith in the Jets to cover? No, no 12 with mm. me and you playing cornerback for Buffalo, I think that it's doable. Sam Darnold coming back. So, look, I don't think they're going to win, but I think that they can cover a 12-point spread with all the injuries that Buffalo has right now because we saw what Tennessee did to – the, the Bills without Trey White, without John Brown, and now Josh Norman is even going to be playing, and he got eaten against the Titans. So, no, I mean, I think it's definitely doable. You know, you know I love Sam Darnold. We already talked about him a little bit, so I don't want to harp on him too much. But are they going to win? No, I don't think so. I'm not going to go for you real quick. But, um, no, I think that they could definitely cover. I'm very tempted to bet it. But, yeah. Do I mean, it. Do it, and we'll talk again on Tuesday when we record. I, I, I would love to see if that actually hits because I don't think No, that's the thing. I don't want to. <laughs> so I'm like, I, I kind of do, but I don't have enough faith in the Jets to do that. So I'm going to hold off. Be, like, be as ballsy as the guy who bet 500 bucks at uh, Daniel Jones and score the third touchdown of the game. Be that All ballsy. right, then you, then you can come over and watch the repo, man. Take my car. It'll be, it'll be a fun day for all of us. All right, all right, so, fine. Yeah, no, fine. I'm not, I'm not touching it. But believe mm-hmm. me, I, I very badly want to bet the Jets to cover. So <laughs> I mean, we'll see what happens going forward. But um, then we've got a whole. Picks, s- pal. You want to make? Yeah, some I was picks? gonna say let's let's make some picks. We've got a big slate Sunday and Monday. Because so. I'm beating you. I'm beating you. I'm I beating know you are. Yeah, 11, I, I am eleven week. and seven in our three game uh, weekly pickums. So I'm eleven and seven on the on the year. I went two and one last week. I picked the Ravens to win. They won. I picked the Falcons to win. They won. And I picked Washington and they lost because they just had to try to go for two in the very last second. Um, but yeah, so I went two and one and I'm 11 and seven this week. That you are. And then I am sitting at 10 and eight. I went one and two. I also picked Washington to win. I picked Houston to beat the Titans and by the grace of God on the last second drive <laughs> and Derrick Henry doing 
Derrick Henry thing. They lost, and then I picked the Lions to beat the Jaguars. So I went one and two last week. I'm sitting at 10 and eight. Kurt, I'll let you go first. All right. So for this week, uh, my first pick might be an easier pick. I think it is. Uh, Kurt having think, an easy pick for his first game. Who would have thought that? This is uh, – I, I, like, I like to do at least one easy one, just, you know, at least so I don't go 0-3 on the week. But I'm picking the Packers over the Texans. Packers, I think, are still – you know, I didn't have them at number one in my power rankings last week, but I think after after this past week, I mean, but I think they're still maybe the best team in football, the most complete team in football. Um, they had a bad game against Tampa Bay. I don't think they have two bad games in a row. So uh, I think they beat the Texans pretty good. What's your first pick? Uh, my first pick is also the Green Bay Packers. Over oh, Texans. come on. Yeah. yeah. Um, look. Remember what happened last year whenever they lost to the Chargers on the road and then they just came back in eight? I think they're going to do the same thing here. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be a murder in Houston. I think that Aaron Rodgers is going to go off. Luckily, he's my fantasy quarterback, so fingers crossed. But, yeah, I think they're going to torch that horrid Texans defense. I think that Green Bay's defense, Jair Alexander, I love, he's turning into one of the best cornerbacks in football. Um, so, I love what he's doing. They're going to get a solid pass rush in Deshaun Watson because their offensive line is dog – or dog god awful so yeah i was about to swear i'm sorry um but yeah i think that green bay will have a very convincing win the line was three and a half that's the easiest bet i'll ever make green bay by a million um i i kind of hope that that we all that the two of us pick the same games this week because that'd be kind of funny but because we don't we don't know each other's picks before this but yeah this is always a surprise my second pick the young justin herbert is going to beat the, the Jaguars this week. That might be an easier pick, too. I might be cheating. On no, I like picks, that. But I, I think the Chargers win. I mean, Jacksonville Jacksonville's a weird team this year. They really, you know, they came out hot. They've shown some flashes. They've had some really ugly games. Gardner Minshew seemed like he was going to be, you know, maybe they found their franchise guy, and then he kind of dipped down a little bit, and they, maybe he's coming back up. But I don't know. They're, they're kind of a weird team sitting at one and five. But I like the Chargers a lot. They're one and four. I think they're coming off a bye, if I'm correct. I don't know. I, I feel I like they didn't think so, well. yeah. They, no, they played, they played New Orleans, what, two weeks ago? Yeah, so I think they had, yeah, a, bye. They had oh, a bye. They did have a bye because I have some of them in fantasy. So, yeah, they're coming off the bye. I don't even know that. So, that, that strengthens my pick even more. I'm picking the Chargers. Justin Herbert's playing great like we were talking about. And uh, they're going to move to two and four on the year. I would bet the Jaguars to cover the seven and a half line, though, because each of the Chargers games have been decided by a touchdown or less. So, That's true. as a little side note for all you betters out there, line is seven and a half last time I checked. So, you might want to bet Jacksonville to cover. It'll be a close game. It's one of one of the games I'm more excited to watch this weekend. So, very good pick by you. I'm going to take those Detroit Lions that I was so hot on. They're going to go into Atlanta and move to three and three. Um, look, we saw how good they can be when they utilize everybody and have everybody healthy. DeAndre Swift went off last week against the Jaguars. Um, I think they're going to start utilizing him more and more into the offense because he showed, okay, I can be a future back in this offense. So mm-hmm. I think they're going to start leaning toward giving him more touches. Kenny Galladay had a nice week last week. Um, and if, you know, for some reason he's, you know, a little bit more taken care of, he's got Marvin Jones on the other side. He's got TJ Hawkinson. Um, and then Swift and those plethora of backs in the backfield that he can finally turn to. He has a good run game now. So. Yeah, I like Detroit to go over Atlanta this weekend. I think Atlanta's just a dumpster fire at this point, especially on the the defensive side of the ball. So the Lions beat the Falcons. Okay. My final pick. We talked about them last week, and we really kind of ripped on them for being 5-1. and one. The Bears are losing this week to, to the Rams. The Rams are sitting at 4-2. and two, Bears are 5-1. and one. There is 
no way that the Bears can keep this up. There's no way that they can keep their hot streak up. I think the Rams are a really, really good team. It's going to be fun because it's a really good offense, a dynamic offense in the Rams going against a very good defense in the Bears. And I think the Rams just have a better defense to go up against that struggling Bears offense. So I like I like Jared Goff this year, actually. I never thought I would say that. I never thought those words would come out of my mouth that I like Jared Goff. But he's playing well this year. Aaron Donald is just eating everybody in his way. And Sean McVay seems like he's kind of back to maybe his Super Bowl coaching. Uh, that, that year they ran on a Super Bowl because last year was kind of ugly for them. So, um, no, I like the Rams this week. I really do. Uh, I'm going to pick them this week to go 5-2. and two. It's another game I bet they're six-point favorites. I bet them to win and cover, so fingers crossed on that. Yeah, I think I mean, Matt Verderam said it. Chicago's the biggest fraud in the league. They're going to get exploited this weekend. So, yeah, I agree with that pick. All right, I'm going to pick my last one. But before we go, we have to talk about the Battle of the Unbeaten. So we're going to do that for a minute as well. Wait, the Battle of the who? The Unbeaten. We got Steelers oh, Titans okay. this weekend, okay. my guys. Yeah. So, so before we talk about that, I'm going to take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers over the Las Vegas Raiders. They come in as four-point favorites. I also bet that game and them to cover. So hopefully Tommy Terrific comes in and uh, goes into – what's the name of the, the Raiders' new stadium? Is it Allegiant Stadium? Uh, Allegiant, yes. That, yes. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, look. You know, the Chicago game was weird. They have a solid bounce back um, against Green Bay, a very good bounce back. The defense looked really good. Um, after going down 10 nothing. they scored 38 unanswered. Um, Derek Carr's been very solid. I mean, 11 touchdowns, only the one pick. So, I mean, he's looked good. Defensively, it's still just a bunch of guys for the Raiders. Jonathan mm-hmm. Abram, I believe, um, COVID. he's dealing with – He's on the yeah, COVID Yeah, I was going to say. I was going to say he was on the COVID list. So, yep. uh, we'll see what his status for that. I, I guess he's not playing then. If yeah, I, and he's, I he's been out too. He's been out for a yeah. few weeks. He's had a, a weird injury. I forget what it was, but uh, so yeah, he's out. So Raiders are a little banged up, especially if that whole offensive line is gone. Exactly. Shaq Barrett is just going to have a field day out there. So my three picks are the Packers, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and uh, the Detroit Lions. All right. And I got the Packers too uh, over the Texans. I got the Chargers over the Jaguars, and I have the Rams over the Bears. And I'm sitting at 11-7, and seven, so going to be moving up in the world after this week. Yeah, and I'm at 10-8, and eight, so we'll see who comes out on top after this week. Another thing we'll see who comes out on top, who comes out undefeated, my Pittsburgh Steelers going to Nashville and taking on those Tennessee Titans. Those Kurt, this is, the first Titans. Time, this is the first time I've been on Pittsburgh this year, and I'm feeling really, really okay about it. And they're, now that I say that, they're going to get slaughtered. I think I did, aren't they like one-point favorites or – Tennessee's they, one point favorite, I think. The line started Pittsburgh minus one. It's now Pittsburgh plus one and a half. So they're yeah. they're begging people to bet Tennessee in this game. Vegas I, wants people to bet Tennessee so bad. I don't like it. I like I like Pittsburgh in this game because I like Pittsburgh's defense so much more than I like Tennessee's defense. I think it's a good matchup because Tennessee's offense has really been showing out this year. Ryan Tannehill looks like a top ten quarterback. Derrick Henry's doing Derrick Henry things. And Steelers' defense just looks unbelievable. So I think they shut them down. I think, you know, Big Ben could have he, – he only needs to have a decent week. He doesn't need to, you know, light it up because, you know, that Titans defense is decent, but I don't think they're great. Um, if anything, I think bet the under this game because this is going to be a low-scoring game. I think it's going to be a defensive battle. Here's the thing. Tennessee's defense isn't good at all, especially secondary-wise. Like, you know, they've dealt with, you know – Dory Jackson was injured, but even when he comes back, he's more of just, you know, a specialist type player on special mm-hmm. teams. I don't think he's, you know, a legit starting cornerback. Their secondary isn't good. 
Um, so I expect a solid game from Chase Claypool. I think Juju finally has another big game, his first one since week one. But the thing, and we talked about it uh, a few days ago with Matt Verderam, Pittsburgh is going to say, we're going to stop the run, throw to beat us. Yep. Because right. Tennessee's been in a lot of 33-30s. They've been in a lot of 42-36s. If their game plan is to go in and say, we're just going to outscore Pittsburgh and beat their defense, they're going to get stomped. Mm-hmm. So there's no way that you know a, a Mike Tomlin coach team isn't going to go and attack their biggest strength. And that's Derrick Henry. Right. They're going to sell out and stop the run. They're going to put him in third among situations, and they're going to make Ryan Tannehill beat them. And I don't think he can. I think mm-hmm. his biggest asset is having that play-action game where he can, you know, if Derrick Henry's hot, they're going to sell out to stop Derrick Henry. If the play-action, somebody's going to be open deep, and then, you know, it's a jailbreak. So, Definitely. no. I think that if, you know, Taylor lewan has gone for the year as well at left tackle. So, Bud Dupree and T.J. Watt are going to be hmm. eaten. So, um, obviously, Devin Bush not being there, it's going to hurt them. We'll see how they rotate uh, Robert Spillane. Uh, Ulysses Gilbert backup safety Marcus Allen has gotten some reps at, at linebacker as well so they're going to work him into the rotation somehow we'll see how it goes but Vince Williams Vince Williams the other middle linebacker very quietly leading the NFL in tackles for loss so they're going to keep sending pressure they blitz I think more than anybody in the NFL so it's going to be a lot of man coverage situations but Steven Nelson's been very good there Joe Hayden's been very good there They'll be without nickel cornerback Mike Hilton, but Cameron Sutton, he had a pick last week. He's going to be stepping in, and I think he's kind of better in those man-to-man situations anyway. So there's my Steelers rant for the day. I feel mm-hmm. incredibly confident about this. You know how I feel about the Titans. I'm and, surprised uh, I'm, you feel incredibly confident because you always say that the Steelers are going to lose one game. And I know the fact that I'm so <laughs> confident about this. They're going to go and get stomped, and Ben Roethlisberger is going to play horrible, and I'm going to throw something, and my girlfriend's going to be mad at me. So it's going to be one of those days. It's either going to go really good or really bad, and I'm yep. scared but I'm also confident and I'm also very excited because Steelers haven't been, it's in the cards, Kurt, that the Steelers are going to win the Super Bowl. I've got it in my mind that they're going to do it. The last time they started three and oh, they went to the Super Bowl. The last time they went five and oh, they won the Super Bowl. The last time they went six and oh, they won the Super Bowl. This is the best defense that Ben Roethlisberger has had statistically since they won the Super Bowl in, in, in uh, 2008, 2009. So everything is in the cards for where Pittsburgh should go back to the Super Bowl, hopefully win the damn thing. But, I also tweeted earlier today, they should win this game. They're the more talented team, but I'm not going to be surprised if they lose. That's still how I feel. I'm re- I just need them to win, mate. I need, I need a win because Titans Twitter has been <laughs> down my throat the past week, and I just need something to shove back in their face. <laughs> and it's going to be a glory. I'm going to be unbearable if the Steelers win. I hope you know this. I so, can't wait. I really can't wait. I'm I can't gonna pull- wait for I can't wait for Bill Steelers later on in this year because hopefully by then – the Bills will make a, make a few trades. They'll get healthy, and it'll just be a, an absolute showdown on Sunday Night Football. Ben Roethlisberger has never lost in Buffalo. I will say that yeah, right okay. now. So we'll see if that'll be the first time this year. That's what I said. That's week four. It's in December, I know. We, I always, we always talk about it, and we never know the exact week. I know. I think, I think it's 14, I want to say. That sounds I think it's about week right. 14 as well, yeah. I don't know. So I'm very somebody excited can, for that. It's yeah, going to be a fun week whenever we get it, there. But. We're almost there. We're almost there. But we got week we're seven. halfway there. We're week seven, pal. We're we're I flying know. by. A lot of great games this week, um, and I can't wait. I can't wait to to watch some some Bills football finally on a Sunday because we had Monday night last. Well, Monday afternoon, kind of Monday yeah. five o'clock. We had Tuesday night football, so we're back Sunday one o'clock. The perfect time for a football game. Yes, I will be drinking beer and eating food, and I will be watching my Steelers hopefully move on to six and out i'm praying to god that it happens because uh this is the most confident i felt in the steelers team in a very long time so 
even if they lose, yeah, I'm going to be really angry, but like <laughs> they're going to lose eventually. Yeah, don't, Tennessee's going to lose eventually, though, too. Don't be like some Bills fans that are on my Twitter that are saying that they need to completely get rid of everybody and anybody that has played bad the past two weeks against two very good teams in the NFL. So don't overreact. Well, casual, casual NFL fans are stupid, Kurt. Don't worry. Hey, don't call them stupid. Some, sometimes people listen to our show that say that. So you're not stupid if you say that. No, no. Yeah, but but I'll be nice, I guess. All right. Um, so sure. we appreciate you listening. This is Laces Out. Enjoy your Sunday of football. Kurt, where can they find you on Twitter? You guys can follow along with me on Sunday, on Monday, on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday at Kurt K U R T Hamaser H A U M E S S E R eighty eight. We always have a good time. So hit me there. Find us on Twitter at Laces Out P T S T. Uh, we'll hopefully be having some some guests on the show. I We've sent out a few feelers here and there, so waiting to hear back. But we will let you know first when we hear. Where can they find you, pal? You can find me on Twitter, Jay Bailey, NFL, the betting piece. If it's not out right now, it'll be out tomorrow, so you can get all your, your best bets for Sunday. Um, you can check out my first mock draft of the year on Pro Football Network as well, so see who I have your team selecting. A lot of 49ers fans were happy with me because I haven't taken Trey Lance. There's your little sneak peek of that. So um, check out the bets piece every week. Check out the mock draft. You can also find Steelers stuff on Fansided uh, throughout the week. So you can find me on Twitter there, all the Steelers betting, draft stuff, anything you really want to talk about. It'll be Jay Bailey NFL on Twitter. There it is. We can't thank Thanks. you enough for listening. Uh, like I mentioned in our last podcast, we just got over 1,000 listeners in uh, just a short 32, 33, 32 episodes. 32 episodes, yeah. 33, so, maybe. I don't know. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, no, yeah, sincerely though, like we like to think even at a younger age for this industry, we know what we're talking about and we like the fact that you guys listen to us. So <laughs> it makes us look good. We're glad to be able to give you guys something to listen to. So thank you for doing that. It means a lot to us that more, I'll say more people than a lot more people than anticipated listen to what yes. two college kids have to say about football. So, hey, we do appreciate you. Um, and all the great guests that we have as well. I mean, we've got, you know, Ben Albright, Matt Verderon, Mike Tanier. I mean, a lot of frequent guys who are very established in the industry who give us enough time and like us and think that we un- understand what we're talking about. At least so, we think they like us. Yeah, at least we think they do. I mean, they come <laughs> back often enough. So we'll, uh, we'll just go with that to make ourselves feel good. But enjoy your Sunday of football. Enjoy your Monday night of football. We'll be back Tuesday to talk and recap everything that happened. For Kurt Homister, I'm Jerry Bailey. Slice is out. See ya. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.